Welcome to episode 58 on the Live Blissed Out podcast. Did you know that complacency is a hurdle that can stifle an organization's ability to achieve greatness? Hello, action takers. Welcome to Live Blissed Out, a podcast where I have inspirational and informational conversations with business owners and subject matter experts to help us get the scoop and the lowdown on a variety of topics. Tired of hesitating or making decisions without having the big picture? Want to be in the know? Then this is the place to go. I'm your host, Marissa Houston, helping achieve bliss through awareness and action. Thanks for joining me. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. Joining me is Nir Bashan. From working with Hollywood and music stars like Woody Harrelson and Rod Stewart, Nir discovered something that may shock you. These creative superstars aren't all that different from you or I. It's just that they have mastered a method of repeatable and predictable creativity, a type of creativity that anyone can learn. And it turns out that's the same type of creativity that can be used in businesses and careers everywhere. Nir has taught thousands of leaders and individuals around the globe how to harness the power of creativity to improve profitability, increase sales, boost customer service, and ultimately create more meaning in their work. Working with clients such as AT&T, Microsoft, Ace Hardware, NFL Network, EA Sports, Suzuki, Activision, and JetBlue, Nir has spent the last two decades working on a formula to codify creativity for business. That formula is found in The Creator Mindset, a book which has been translated into two languages and released worldwide by McGraw-Hill Business in August of 2020. To learn more, visit nearbashan.com or thecreatormindset.com. Do you have a lamp or lighting fixture that needs service? Mark Collins at Lamp Restorations is a dependable appliance repair expert. He has been repairing and restoring lamps and lighting fixtures in the Centennial, Colorado area for over 10 years. He offers quick and reliable service. All work is done on site out of his tiny solar-powered shed. Most work is completed within a few days and special consideration can be given to critical rush lamp repairs. For hours, location, and customer testimonials, Click the link in the show notes or visit LampRestorations.com. Nir, it's wonderful to have you here today. Thank you, Marissa. Thanks for having me. I am interested in this conversation of the topic that we're going to have today on your book, and it's about the creator mindset. And I think it's a very relevant topic to talk about. We have a lot of listeners who are business owners, and they are always looking for new ways to achieve the goals that they're trying to achieve in a more effective way. And I was very intrigued when I read about this topic that you created here, because I think you're on to something. I think that there is an element of creativity that is necessary in order for us to be able to think outside the box and catapult ourselves to the next level. So I think it's important to start the conversation by first informing our listeners about what we mean when we say creator mindset. What exactly is that? The creator mindset is a series of tools and tips and tricks that I've created to help anybody become more creative at work. So no matter what you do, no matter who you are, from medicine to manufacturing, there is a system that anybody can learn 
to become more creative. It just takes the will to do it. And so I wrote down a manual of the how of creativity that anybody can follow to become more creative. When we say creativity, what exactly do you mean? Are you talking about going into a room and making paintings and drawings? What exactly are you referring to when you're saying creative in business particularly? Most People think of creativity as art or music or painting or sculpture or dance or something like that. They think creativity has to do with that, but it does not. It is only a very, very small portion of the potential of creativity. So if you think of like a big pie chart in your mind, Marissa, and your listeners, if you guys think of a big pie chart in your mind, take one like tiny percent of it. Just 1% of that pie chart, and that's music and art and that kind of stuff. The other whole 99% is creativity, innovation, ingenuity, and all of those wonderful, amazing tools that we tend not to use in business because we use analytics instead. We're in love with numbers. We're in love with quantification. We're in love with our spreadsheets and our quarterly reports and our P&L sheets. Everybody loves that stuff. And that's okay. It's very valuable information. But unless we learn to combine both sides of the mind, the creative and the analytical side together, we're forever operating on a half tank of gas, wondering why we can't get ahead in our business, wondering why we can't expand to that new market, wondering why we can't raise our prices or whatever else we want to do. Yeah. And don't you think it seems counterintuitive? Many of us are not just business owners, but have gone to business classes and training and that sort of thing. And we're always told, look at the numbers, look at the facts, what kind of percentages are you dealing with? We're trained to do that. And now we're saying, wait a minute, there's another element that we have overlooked that we really can use another tool in our toolbox to help us even do better with those numbers. Because like you said, it's important to know the data, but there's more to it. Why do you feel it is so crucial in our businesses? What happens when we don't implement this type of mindset into our business and use it to enhance what we're already doing today? You look at COVID, right? And that's a very, very important sort of case study. We're going through it now, but tomorrow it will be something else, right? It's always something. And for me, creativity is a tool that enables you and your business, whether you're in a career or your product or service, to deal with change because change is imminent and it is always coming. And the businesses that are creative are able to deal with changes way better than the companies that are not creative and same with people's careers. So what I advise people to do is to start looking beyond the numbers and to start looking at their company, their product or service in a new and a different way that will allow for continual evolution of that product, whether it's in the marketplace, whether it's in research and development. So that when a crisis comes, it's not if, but when some crisis sort of happens, you're able to ride out the wave of uncertainty in a bit of a better and more effective way. So creativity is really all about problem solving in a business in a way that analytics will not allow you to do. Yes. And in fact, I was thinking about the situation we're all in today. Many of us never had a plan B for doing things from home. We never looked at our businesses from that perspective. We did it the same way we always had. And then when COVID hit, 
everybody had to start to figure out, okay, that direction doesn't work anymore. How do I shift gears? How do I offer my services in a different way so that I can continue to move forward with my plans? In a sense, this thing pushed you against the wall, so to speak. You're now backed up and saying, I don't have a choice. I've got to do this or my business will not survive. Whereas in the past, it was more of a choice because everything they were doing was still working. Are you then saying that we should be looking a step ahead, not waiting for that moment when we have no choice, but really trying to make these decisions before that happens? Yes, absolutely. We have to constantly change and adapt and be willing to look at every piece of the business, leave no stone unturned and look for creative potential, creative opportunity there. What has worked yesterday is no guarantee of what will work tomorrow. Yet in businesses, we tend to get really complacent and we tend to get really comfortable in our successes. And let's face it, if there is a success at some point, you know, we made some money from a product or service or whatnot. And, you know, we feel like, oh, uh, we must be doing something right. But unless you're continually changing and continually tweaking and betting creativity into that process, then you can get in very bad shape if something were to hit, like another COVID. Maybe it's a health crisis. Maybe it's a terror crisis. Maybe it'll be an economic crisis next. The only way to keep up with this change and to stay relevant is to stay continually creative. Nir, this is so informative and I think it's so important. But at the same time, I'm sure there are people listening that are thinking to themselves, first of all, I don't think that I'm creative. And second of all, how can I anticipate these sort of things? I mean, if we talked about COVID a year ago, everybody would have thought you were fear mongering or that you were coming up with some nonsense that just is not possible. And now here we are living it. And so how do we anticipate some of these things? How do we get our minds to think in a creative way so that we don't get stuck in the way things are? I have a book out. It's called The Creator Mindset. There's 92 tools in there, 92 things that you can do to not get stuck. But one of them that I really like that your listeners can do today is called The Little Victory, right? It's looking at those little victories as they occur and seeing what creative potential comes out of them. Now, I've been a serial entrepreneur. I've run companies with half a billion dollars of revenue. And basically, what I ended up doing way too much was I set goals, right? I set a one-year, a three-year, a five-year. I made sure everybody's on track for that goal. And I didn't stop until I got there. But what I missed was amazing creative potential of those little victories that happen along the way and the breadcrumbs that might put you on a slightly different direction. So I'll give you an example. There was an ice cream salesman many years ago, and his construct was volume. That's an analytical construct. He wanted to sell a bunch of ice cream machines. So he got lists and hit the sales circuit and did that kind of thing, and they sold some machines. But then, like every analytical-only business, they got stuck. And he noticed there was a restaurant in California that kept ordering machines over and over because they were making milkshakes. So he went down there, and he saw that there was a line out the door, a 45-minute wait. And so he stood in line and had the best cheeseburger he's had in his entire life, best cheeseburger ever. And that guy was Ray Kroc, 
and the restaurant was McDonald's. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? So if he would have just kept like selling ice cream machines, who knows what would have happened, right? His three-year, like ours, is a such and such goal. But because he was able to look at those little victories along the way, he realized those little victories were telling him something far greater than what his main target was. And that's something your listeners can do now. What in your business, what in your offering, or even in your career, are you just plowing through because you're trying to make your one year or your three year or some sales goal or some market saturation percentage or whatnot? What is right in front of you that maybe it's trying to take you in a slightly different direction or trying to enhance that decision-making process, that's creativity. And it's up to us to listen to it and see where it takes us. Yeah. And looking for opportunities to shift gears. And sometimes they're right in front of you, Nir. Sometimes they're just there and you can't see them. And so it's just being open-minded. Isn't that something? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are things that fall in your lap. And sometimes they even come full circle afterwards. Like they're there, you ignored it, years go by, and then you end up applying it later on. And then you look at yourself and go, I should have done that several years ago and I missed it. It's that open-mindedness to say, look, there's something here. Why don't I explore it? And then it's also, I think, looking at things from a different perspective. You know, one thing I notice with a lot of entrepreneurs is that we look at things internally. So we're looking at things from how do we become more efficient in our businesses? How do we do this better, whatever. But oftentimes we miss how other people experience us. So maybe we think that, hey, you know, I've got my accounting thing right. I've got everything right. But the customer is having to go through hoops to do business with you. And it's so inconvenient. And that might be the reason why you're not attracting the right customers or getting as much business as you want. So shifting gears and looking at things from a different perspective and asking the questions will help you then open your eyes in a different way that perhaps you never considered before, right? Yes, no doubt. And I do a fair amount of consulting. I do workshops and keynotes for companies. I did a consulting for a manufacturing company and I was called in to help with efficiency because that's a very popular thing in manufacturing. How do we get 0.003% more effective with this particular machine? Because down the line, it adds up and all of a sudden we're looking at more profitable margin. But for me, looking at efficiencies isn't always asking the big question. And just like you said, Marissa, it's really, really about asking bigger, bigger questions, not the types of questions like, how do I get 0.003% of efficiency? So I worked with this company for several months. And we were able to uncover that they were not so much in the business of making efficient products. They were in the business of building trust. All their clients were aviation, defense contractors, and they needed parts made for tolerances that were wildly high. And those parts were life or death type things. And over several years, built a certain amount of trust with their clients. Yet all the leadership team was really trying to get things to be more efficient the best way that they could. And we were not looking at the right problem and we were not asking the right questions. So what that turned into was a look at how to build the business to be more trust-centered and less about efficiency and those types of things. I think that we spend a lot of time trying to get the output of our company higher when, in fact, we should be looking at other things. And 
in this particular case, for this particular company, building trust became a far more profitable entity than looking at how we can get the machines and the operators to work a bit more efficient. It really is about asking big questions and coming up with incredibly creative solutions. And I don't think we do enough of that, to be honest. And I think part of it is because we feel alone. We don't really know who to ask questions to. And I think we can even just start with asking people that have worked with us before and doing more of that, like reaching out to people and saying, what is your true perspective? People that are not necessarily close to you, but are going to give you the honest feedback that you need, because sometimes we reach out to people that we think are not going to hurt our feelings. Well, that's not going to help because we really need the true perspective in order for us to then be able to make the changes and adjustments that we need. People love comfort. When we know something's working and we're comfortable in our little spot and it's doing all right, we tend to just want to let that happen. You know, that saying, if it's not broke, why fix it? That then leads to complacency. So how do we avoid complacency so that we can push ourselves just a little bit more to get to that next step? Yeah, definitely. So for me, complacency comes in three different flavors of why they happen. But really, it's identifying which flavor of particular complacency that we have. Sometimes it's a paralysis of choice. Sometimes it's a bad exploitative sales model. It can be a bunch of different things. But basically, it's analyzing why we've gotten complacent and then reversing that fact. It really is about looking at ourselves seriously and honestly and saying, can we be doing better? Can we be doing something different? And why have we gotten so comfortable? Sometimes we over-rely on technology and under-rely on ourselves to come up with solutions. So it can be a combination of a lot of things. But one thing your listeners can do today, if they would like to say, hey, you know, maybe I'm getting a little bit too complacent at work or in my business, is to really ask yourself, what would happen if another crisis would hit and when it would hit? And if it's financial, what would it do? If it's a recession or a depression or something like that, or if it's a terror-related event, or if it's a medical-related event, or whatever, fill in the blanks of, for your business, what if that were to happen? And what am I doing today to insulate myself from something like that? And for me, that answer is almost always going to be something creative and something different and fresh and interesting. And that's something that you guys can do today to realize and to analyze what the plan is. It's not something that you need to do after the crisis, something you need to do now. Yes. And the thing about it is it's evolving. And as you said previously, don't think of it as such a big thing. I think that's what holds us back a lot of times and why we procrastinate or just don't even want to address it is because it seems insurmountable. And so if you just take baby steps and say, okay, this one thing, what can I do about that? And then keep adding to that until you get moving. That's really all you can do. You're not trying to solve all the problems of the world and you're probably never going to figure everything out. But at least you're moving the needle. At least you're putting yourself in a situation where you're always taking that extra step that you need to take so that you're not just doing the same thing day in and day out without ever making adjustments, right? That's absolutely true. And it's not that hard. It really is about looking at a particular sort of construct and then coming up with a plan around what you should do. You come up with plans every day on other things, you know, uh, but this sometimes we don't want to 
come up with a plan about crisis and what we're going to do and how we're going to deal with it when something happens. But it's a necessity, just like making payroll and all the other things we do every day. I suggest that we add this to our list. How do we sustain something like this? Obviously, it takes a lot of thought and work. Is this something that you recommend doing on a continual basis? And if so, how often? If you could share some tips on how we can apply this as a habit in our businesses. It's really a process that needs to be repeated. There is no get-rich-quick or easy sort of solution. There's thousands of books and people out there who will sort of push that agenda, but that's not my thing. I can't tell them, oh, if you were just to do this, you would get rich by the end of the week. It really is a process of doing. And through that doing and that repeatable process, you then get a lot of creative potential out of it. And sustaining it is really about doing the work. I talk in the book about how to make creativity charts and organize creative ideas and how to enact them in your business. But you actually have to do the work in order to become more creative at work. The book sounds amazing. Obviously, the book is going to have way more details about what can be done, some best practices that we can apply in our businesses. What I'd love for you to do is to share with our listeners more information about your book and how they can learn more about what you do and get more information. Definitely. My website is my name, Nir Bashan, N-I-R-B-A-S-H-A-N.com. You can buy the book at Barnes & Noble or Amazon or anywhere you like to buy books. And I would love to hear from your listeners and see if some of these things are helping you and are working for you. You have to apply it and it takes time and there is no quick fix, but you got to start somewhere and you got to start with the awareness. And that's what these wonderful books with writers like you help us do. They give us a foundation, some ideas and things that we can start to implement. And even if you take just a few of those things and start to utilize them, we will tend to start to see some very positive outcomes from that. I can't thank you enough for being on the show and sharing this with us, Nir. Thank you. Thanks, Marissa. Thank you for having me. This has been really fun. That's all for this episode of Live Blissed Out. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Nir Bashan for being my guest. If you have a question or comment for a future episode, all you have to do is go to speakpipe.com forward slash L-B-O-V-M or click the link in the show notes to leave a brief audio message. If you find value in our show, please visit liveblissedout.com to reach out, subscribe, and share on social media. This show is made possible through listeners like you. Thank you. So long for now. And remember to keep moving forward.